Welcome back, everyone, to the Between Two Wheels podcast, legal edition. We are going to take on everything legal with the Tour de France and cycling. Eh, maybe not, but there are legal ramifications in the Tour de France. I hope you've enjoyed the first, what, six stages? We are going to break those down very quickly. If you take a look on the YouTube um, channel we have, I'm in a suit and tie. I had back in court today. Welcome, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed our few broadcasts. I hope you enjoyed the uh, preview show we did with Rob Dalto. Rob, once again, thank you. Uh, I, I had a good time. It was a little bit long, but I think if you work through it, we did it. Uh, we talked about each stage, and then we talked about almost every single rider. So if you're um, a journalist out there, let's say you're, I don't know, let's just take some random one, um, Neil Rogers, right? He is a, he used to be with Velenews, he's with Cycling Tips. You, you, you're one of the best, uh, most well-known cycling journalist from the United States and a race takes place. And you don't know who that person is that won the race. There's only maybe 129 of them in the race. It's your duty to at least take a look at the roster and find out some things about it. That's what we did with the Tour de France. So if there's a surprise winner, there's not to us. Why? Because we took the look, took a look at the rosters and we broke that down. If you don't know what I'm talking about with Neil, Crits was won by our very own up in Sebastopol, uh, writer who take a, you have to look it up cause we don't know. Neil Rogers posted that. Sorry, who? And so I'm just like, Hey, uh, <laughs> the, the sad state the pathetic state of, uh, us, uh, cycling journalists in three words or something like that. He came after me hard and he was calling me a dick and look, that's not wrong. Uh, but you could at least defend yourself and say, you know, like, like he said, there's thousands of riders in the U.S. How am I supposed to know any, you know, cyclocross? And they're like, they only put 129 of them in the race. Do your math. Do a little work. That's all I was saying. That's all I was saying. Do a little work. Okay. Uh, let's go to the Tour de France. So if you didn't know, the Tour de France is on. And I thought we'd talk about, uh, go through some things real quickly. Six stages in the books, some surprises, some not surprises. And maybe we talk about um, specifically the legal issue that's happened. So uh, stage one, Brest to Landerneau, 170, uh, no, 195 kilometers. Uh, starts way on the west coast there, comes off there and, and goes a little bit uh, east. And there's a bunch of lumps in the way. And what we expected to have was a Vanderpoel win or, and or Julian Alaphilippe and or Roglic, something along the lines of that. But a 3K kick finish uh and as it was alaphilippe uh did his thing and he went off hard let's go let's take a look at uh, here he went off hard uh pierre latour was chasing him roglic went after him um also uh Pugacar, they looked really good and alaphilippe ends up winning the stage over michael matthews and uh primus roglic jack Haig, kelderman Pogachar, gadu sugar Huguete. uh pretty cool this was the Saturday open, and then you start seeing postings all over the internet about a crash. Okay, um, this crash was oh, everyone probably knows about it. Lady's standing there; she has a sign out in the road, and she's on the right side of the road as the riders are going on their right, and she's not look. She's looking. She's doing your typical uh, lady getting attention thing, looking at the camera, not looking at what's going on, and she has a sign out in the road. It's cardboard. Tony Martin jumbles up the front. Tony Martin, everyone knows this. I'm just recapping it in case you ever check this back a few years later and you're like, oh yeah, that's what happened. Tony Martin hits her, goes down. He's like second in line, 
big nasty crash all just spread out throughout the field a little bit later there's one in the middle of the pack and it looks like a minefield once again so there's two big crashes on the day for the, the the race on stage one so there's a big issue with you know this person out in the road so this sets off ramifications coming down the pipe for many issues one is aso they're going to find this person and they're going to press charges um, by the way, I hate that term because all you're doing is you're, it's up to the DA or the local authorities to do something on the criminal side. If you want to pre- do something civilly, you file your own motion, you know, your own um, uh, civil lawsuit. And that's, I'm sure it's the same way in Europe as it is here in that regards. But local authorities get prompted and they, they hey, they, they're notified of something. And that's what it is with the ASO. They notify the authorities or the authorities just saw this because everyone saw it. So they're going to do something about this nuisance, this person in the road. And everyone's kind of like, yes, we're going to vilify this crazy looking where's Waldo type human looking. That's what she looked like. Uh, And then that's the whole story is trying to find out where Waldo is. So uh, I guess it was some homage to her grandparents. Um, So that is what it is. ASO pushes and they, they want some accountability. They want accountability uh, for this person out in the road. And um, evidently, the French authorities found her. A bunch of people joined in online. They love to do this, call everyone out, find out who it is. And I'm not going to use the the trigger words that I used last summer about people pointing um, illegality out online. Either way, they found her, and I guess they're going to, the authorities are going to do something. That, I would assume, would be on the criminal side because the authorities are bringing that. Um, And then it sounds like, I think it was just yesterday, ASO came out and said, you know what, we're not going to pursue anything legally. Now, I was always of the mindset that ASO, the UCI, they tend to push these things in a a way that they don't really think about the ramifications down the road until it's too late. Let's think back a a bit about, you know, we've had, you know, people make jokes about socks and all these other things, right, that the UCI is really big on. But one thing we push back on and we're going to talk about that a little bit with the writer's protest that we had an issue with what stage uh, three, I believe, is rider safety and how that goes. Now you have an open road. So ASO says we're going to we're going to to, to, to file something civilly and we want this person punished. Um, Mark Soler went down hard in that crash. Uh, he ended up out of the race and he's like, my year is done. Maybe I'm going to take legal action. What are you going to get people unless where's Waldo woman? Is got a lot of deep pockets. What are you going to accomplish with this? Not much. So maybe you get a little something from her insurance company. Maybe she's not even insured. Where where's the real thing? Well, where else does liability lie in this? Let's take a look here. You're 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 at an event. This event is being put on by a big giant conglomerate ASO. It's also held under the UCI you know purview there. Hmm. Would either of them have any culpability in keeping the roads safe and people away? Now, this is exactly, I believe, why the ASO pulled their lawsuit, even claims of doing that back. Let's also go back a few years. I mean, there's all kinds of incidents that have happened. Dogs running down the road. People, you know, cameraman and Greeny uh, in the 90s stopped him from, well, he ended up winning on Out the West, but knocked him down. There's been multiple incidents. I've seen rider uh, people running on the, on the road, of course. Motorbikes ran one down when George Hincopy uh, won a stage one year at the tour. Uh, it always happens with fans. A few years ago, Johnny Hoogerlin is off in a break with uh, Juan Antonio Fletcher. You might remember this, 11, 2011, 14, somewhere. I don't remember the number, but it was you know almost almost 10 years ago, probably about seven years or so ago. Uh, he's in a break. 
there's a official car, maybe it was a press car. They try to pass them in the break. There's a kind of a tree that they kind of, I don't know, blocking the road or they're concerned about going off in the ditch on it. The car suddenly swerves back in, hits the riders in the break. John, Johnny Hoogland goes flying over, over the car into the ditch, hits a barbed wire fence and just gets shredded up. Now at the time, ASO, they would not release to anybody who this driver was. They were keeping mum's word. They would, and it was very difficult. Johnny Hoogland finally got his lawsuit settled with the insurance company, I think a few hundred thousand dollars, if even that. Um, I know Juan Antonio Fletcher got a minimal amount of money, but it was very difficult. And part of that was the ASO blocking any kind of, who is this, even this press person, who was the driver? And it was a lot of trouble. All right. Here is, so that's just kind of just the gall of the ASO and the UCI about what they're going to do. And then the riders complain about the rider safety coming up here. But if you really think about it, ASO does not want to get themselves, and I don't want them to either. They don't want to get themselves in a position where riders get hurt on the side from a, a fan on the side of the road because they will then be liable. That's going to be that lawsuit against ASO. That's really what Mark Soler is looking at because if he brings her in, she could bring in ASO. Why are you not keeping the road? There's a comparative fault going on there. And maybe most of the fault is with ASO. And the biggest problem with all that people is it's going to ruin the sport. You cannot line the roads 100%. Now that lady totally has a lot of responsibility, but I can imagine that you can point the finger back and say ASO is putting on an event that is not, and they are not doing their duty of keeping our riders safe. This is not something we bargain for. Maybe it is though. That might be, um, you know, the risk uh, that you take of putting it on and they, maybe the courts would rule that. Either way, it would not be a healthy situation. So that's that's kind of my thing there. Stage two, very similar. Uh, look, I mean, that's, that's just kind of that thing. Maybe I'll just say real quick then about the rider safety because then stage three, we had some some crashes uh, and they were concerned about the roads. I get that. And then they did a little feign protest and Mike Woods is really, you know, kind of all up about that. I get it. Um, the ultimate though is the riders could slow down. Um, if they want to do a protest, hey, just stop racing hard. They could have done that on the time trial. How come no one, <laughs> that was a dangerous road. Did you see McNulty and some of these other guys crashing, Bessinger? Uh, no one sat up on the time trial to give, you know, hey, I'm going to protest to this and I'm just going to go, slow, oh, because they would <laughs> time cut you. The, the reality of that one also was the route is released early. Maybe you do something a few months ahead of time instead of the day of or the day before. Just it, it's it's and I know they have their CPA, their riders union push out to them, but stop trying to do it after the fact. I mean, this race is happening. It's impossible for even I just ripped the ASO in a bit, but it's all impossible, impossible for them to really be trying to change the route to an extent. I mean, you ever watch, you know, and we'll talk about um, where to watch these races, but I was seeing some on NBC and, you know, they're, they're running all these little towns are having basically ads like you would if you had a race in the US. They put a lot of money into this. They don't deserve to have uh, the riders be all upset about the, the course. But you know, that's, do you slow them down? Do you stop them at eight minutes to go? That's a completely different discussion. And I think it's a discussion that needs to happen well before you get to the race people. All right, man, it's rant day for me. I had, I had a trial today and things went well. So I'm just kind of in that mode. Stage one, Ella Philippe, Gets the win. He's in yellow. 
Stage two, we're gonna get a little spoiler. This one that goes up to Mir de Bretagne, or is it the Mir de Bretagne? I don't know. Either way, they go over it twice. 16K to go, they hit the bottom. Our very own Matthew Vanderpoel takes a shot out. He, he goes up the, the road a bit. Uh, and the, the the group just kind of lets him go, but coming over there's there's sprint bonus bonus times for this for second time going over the top. He ends up taking that sprint time. Uh, behind him is Pogachar and um, Roglic. Uh, I think get the two and three, so there's a little bit of sprint. All comes back together. Then they head into it the second time. Alif, uh, Matthew Vanderpoel maybe lulled them into a false sense of uh, I'm here, but I'm not really here because I just went for this early one that didn't work out. And he sets out hard, hard effort, which was very good. And you got to see a little splits from behind. Pogacar, Primus Roglic looked amazing once again, just like the day before. Wilco Kelderman blowing in there at fourth place with Alaphilippe, another then few second gap between them, Molama, Vingegaard. And the one that really got hurt that day was uh, G. Thomas. He didn't look so great. Also on those those crashes in the first day, you know, like I said, Mark Solera got lost out there. Uh, there's riders uh, guessing he gets, uh, I think, crashes out on stage three, which we will talk about here in a bit. Uh, but that's pretty much what you have. And maybe we'll look here. Um, so this was the that one, stage two. We'll go to results. And I think actually some of the best way to do on the results is to actually just look at them by teams. And it gives you a good idea. So AG2R, they're not really much in, uh, you know, they're, they're Prentrin Arulan. I mean, didn't really have a, an overall leader here. Ben O'Connor, um, Alpeson Phoenix. We obviously know about uh, Vanderpol getting the win there. Uh, Astana. Lutsenko's looked fairly solid there, along with Fulsang. Uh, not much else in there. Uh, Bora, we know about that. Um, we'll probably take a look at this uh, coming up on the next few stages. Okay, stage three. Coming into the finish, we're already getting this, um, and it's going to be a sprint. And this one came to, <laughs> this is when what Roglic, we get about 10K in, he falls. It looks like he and Sonny Cabrelli have a little fit going on. He never, and the manager for Jumbo made a kind of a deal about it. Uh, never heard Roglic making any issue about it, but he fell really hard. If you watch the wreck, he falls down and he's holding his bars, but he hits his, his side butt first and kind of bounces off that. And it looked, uh, the gravel, uh, crappily road and it did not look good he's chasing to get back on all but Wout Vanner Wout does not come back for him and decides to stay up there and I don't I granted I, they have their own deal but I just don't understand that because Wout hasn't looked he was supposed to go into yellow on day one didn't happen supposed to go into yellow on day two didn't happen he's trying to get the win on day three that didn't happen uh, what did happen was there was another wreck inside or just outside of two k, three uh, k to go, so they didn't get the benefit of that. That held up as just about Roglic is trying to catch up. It's not going to happen. Then G. Thomas, uh, Pogacar, and a bunch of others get caught up in another one. But in the sprint finish, it was Miller and Philipson, or as um, uh, Horner said today, Stevenson, uh, Jasper Steve <laughs> Stevenson, Jasper Philipson, Tim Miller go one two with Bahani, but behind them. It, the road bent a little to the right. Caleb Ewan tries to kind of, he's overlapped a little bit. And as Miller stands up to do his sprint, maybe the bike shifts back a bit. Caleb tries to go left. He had also been bumping with Sagan. Okay. He ends up falling down to his left. Sagan comes with him, surfs onto his, his top of his bike. Clavicle, I think, is broken with Caleb Ewing. Uh, Sagan seems to be okay. Other people are losing time. Wout, though. Where's Wout? He goes up there for the finish. And I'm trying to even see where he was. He was a uh, fifteenth, so he was up to in the sprint. 
sprint finish. He didn't get anything out of it, but yet they lost their team. I don't understand that one really to, to come down to it, to tell you the truth. Uh, some of the big losers of the day though, you had Pogacar loses maybe 20 some seconds. Um, yeah, 26 seconds. The big loser though, G Thomas lost the same amount of time as, as uh, but he went down too and, and, and busted up his shoulder. Um, guessing got, went out, I think on the day as well is pretty bad. And that's what uh, a lot of people were talking about. Sprint finish though, had nothing to do with the, the road. Um, a big loser on day one though, uh, Mike Woods, who didn't, uh, who's going to be going from GC. And so just kind of a bummer for him. Stage three, um, so we started getting Cavendish the day before the time trial. Cav comes in. Now Caleb Ewing's out of the picture. And Cavendish gets the win over Nasu Bahani. And Alpeson Phoenix decides to switch their game from sprinting for Tim Malir to sprinting for uh, Philipson. Because why? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's odd. So you get two teams. Do Quanti Quick. And, and by the way, everyone uh, just basically uh, lost it when um, Cavendish won. And I'm like, people. Stop your crying. I mean, Cavendish just wins. Grown men that are crying over him winning. I'm not that excited about it, um, especially when you take a look at, uh, and I know, look, uh, once again, Tyler, you're you're a dick. Yes, I am. But look at the sprinters here. It's Cavendish. It's Buhani. Buhani's in second. Jasper Philipson, Michael Matthews, Peter Sagam, Keith Bowles, Christoph Laporte, Pet, Mads Pedersen, Boy Van Pabel, Andre Greipel, Sonny Caprelli, Matthew Vanderpool. These are not, I, this is, Grunewagen's not there. Bennett's not there. Cav uh, Caleb's not there. You got you got a lot that's not there. Another one that's not there, even though it should be, is Dumar. Don't know where Dumar is. Just he's gone. Then we get time trial. So time trial comes on, um, almost thirty k or so. And sometimes the time trials are, can be somewhat boring, but this one was pretty exciting. Actually, I enjoyed it start to finish. There's a lot of storylines going in there. Uh, just to see who is going to end up, you know, winning the stage, who's going to make it out of the GC guys. You know, how did the crash affect Roglic? How did the crash affect um, Thomas? Uh, how was, is, is Carapaz going to be able to do well? Uh, in the end, it was a shocking, and, and I say shocking, and then you actually think about it and you go, eh, it's not shocking. But Rogli, uh, Pogacar uh, killed everyone, even Stefan Kung, who had been in the hot seat for a while. Big surprise there. And maybe this is the, how I would like to do this. So stage five, we are going to go through team by team here uh, in the individual individual time trial. Take a look at the, tab, the results by team. Uh, not the GC, but the results by team and kind of see how they did. Ben O'Connor was the number one out of the AG2R. Minute 56 out of first place. Okay. They had no one better than a minute 56 and then just scattered out to four minutes. Uh, Alpacin Phoenix, Matthew Vanderpool ends up hanging on. He only loses 31 seconds to Pogacar. Uh, he's ended up fifth on the day, right next to, I think, a second off of Wout. Uh, 31 seconds back, and you don't really care about the the remaining parts of the riders because it's just, can Vanderpool actually stay? Now, he says he doesn't time trial. He doesn't get in a wind tunnel. Uh, very impressive for him. Astana. Okay, Lutsenko uh, loses a minute. Pretty solid, actually, for him. He's he's a solid rider. Uh, full saying down 152. Uh, Omar Fraley, who's just going to be a support rider at 146. So Lutsenko, he's 10th uh, on the day. I'm not. We'll take a look at the GC and give an idea uh, where he goes there. B&B Hotels, top guy, <laughs> 332. Okay, we don't really care. Bahrain. Okay, Bahrain, um, they lost their Jack Hegg in, in the crash on stage three. He went uh, home after that. 
Mate Morik, uh, two minutes. So their best rider, two minutes. They're I don't know what they're gonna do for their GC now because uh, they're just maybe go for stage wins. Bora, this was a huge disappointment. Kel- Wickle Kelderman, who's a salt, probably a better time traveler than he is climber, um, even though he can do well. Minute forty nine, he gets twenty seventh on the day. Uh, Polsterberger at two minutes. So their whole team and Bachman, who's finished fourth in the Tour de France before, two twenty nine, just kind of mailing in after stage five there. Kofidis don't really care much. I don't think they have a overall rider. Uh, Martin uh, Guillaume Martin maybe, but he uh, was seventieth on the day. Twenty quick step. They always do well in the time trials, but who's going for their overall? Well, they had Askreen uh, thirty seven seconds. Uh, Catania at 55. Alaphilippe pulls in 111. And remember, 2019 comes in, I don't know, stage seven or so. Uh, he's in the yellow jersey and he wins the time trial. You know, that gives him a little bit of wings. So 111 back on the day is actually pretty good. The rest of the guys, sprinters, they get actually, for the most part, mail it in. Okay. Uh, EF Education first had an interesting day. They are good time trialers. You actually think Bessiger would possibly give a chance to win he i don't know if he wrecked but he almost did he was a minute 22 back uh 107 for court magnus the big one that you look at though is rigoberto ran he goes and only loses a minute eight 13 place on the day nielsen palace our very own here in north uh northern california minute 40 very solid time matter of fact he had led at some points uh, or close to it on the splits so haguita though 245 not known as a time trialer uh he's been just as good as Iran uh, on the finishes. So I think he had been above him prior to this, but you know, losing 245, that's gonna be tough, but he should be able to give some good support. Ufbama, we've talked about Stefan Kong, uh, getting the uh, second place there, almost had the win. He's the the European time trial champion, a big guy, rolls it fast, but not as fast as Pogacar. David Goudot, their climber, uh, loses 214. And for him, I would actually say that's pretty solid, getting a 44th place on the time trial. Ineos, this is the shocker one. Richie Port lost time on stage one. He's kind of out of it. They, remember, they have a four-headed monster that they're talking about. I predicted it's actually going to be Carapaz in the end or just G. Thomas, but most likely Carapaz, okay? Richie Port ends up doing the best time trial, only loses 55 seconds. Third place in the podium last year. I think he's somewhere around um, ninth or tenth overall at this point. Um, he was ninth on the stage. Garrett Thomas, though, loses 118, 16th place on the day. Carapaz, 23rd, minute 44. And the rest of them we're not really too concerned about because people like Gegenhart, who can time trial, or Kwiatkowski, or Castro Viejo, certainly can. They obviously sat up at five-plus minutes for all of those guys. Richie Port, coming back into the mix. Thomas, dislocated shoulder. That might be the one that's going to uh, be... Maybe the injury that's going to be more costly than uh, some of the other ones. Intergroup, Monte Marche, uh, Louis Menches loses almost three minutes. Now, Israel Startup Nation. Their best rider was Omar Goldstein, uh, Israeli, at 337. Not good. Dan Martin, four minutes back. Chris Froome, 420. Mike Woods, 406. Mike Woods. Thought you had improved the time trial. This is obviously something that you need to work on uh, drastically. You lose almost eight minutes or 48 minutes uh, on stage one. This was almost as costly, and you had every chance to do just as well as everyone else. Get working on that. Maybe that's why he was looking for the protest. Lotto, they didn't really have anybody for GC. We're not going to worry about them. Movie star. Enric Moss comes into the lead for the team uh, with 149. That's not great, but for that team it's and for him it's not bad. Uh, Angel Lopez, Superman. 
208-332 to Valverde. I mean, this team also had possible four-headed person, but Soler spit himself out with the wreck, or the, the, whereas Waldo Lady did. Enric Mas, who I predicted is going to be the uh, outright leader for this, is showing it definitely with the time trial, even though it's uh, somewhat lackluster. How did Nairo Quintana do? He was best on the team at 236. Ooh, that's rough. Bike exchange, well, Luke Durbridge, but uh, yes, Simon Yates, Lucas Hamilton, 224, 245, 248, I'm sorry, and 142 for Luke Durbridge. And I'm just kind of giving you an idea, 142, Luke Durbridge, who can time trial, that's almost two minutes to Pogacar. But think of this when we go to them, some of these other teams. Um, DSM, nothing there of, of note. Soren Kroen, Anderson, 119 was the closest. Team Jumbo Visma, this was a very interesting one. Jonas Vingegaard. I, who? Right. Neil Rogers. Uh, he ended up being third overall, right behind Stefan Kung, uh, ahead of everybody else besides Pogacar. Uh, pretty amazing. 27 seconds. He even beats Wout. Wout gets, comes in at 30 seconds. Uh, fourth place. Third place for Vingegaard. Seventh place for Roglic, who was banded up like a mummy. Only losing 44 seconds. Now, he had lost a minute 20-some uh, on stage three to the overall winner, but 27 or six, yeah, 26 of that uh, to uh, was a difference. So you take, you know, about a minute or so to Pogacar. Now he loses another 44 seconds, but all mummied and bandaged up. He actually put in a much better time than you would have seen from, or in the Jitsi from uh, G. Thomas. Kreuzwick with a 142, 21st place. And here's a big one for me. Because there's no reason for Sep to put out a good time, but he puts 157. We just talked about some teams couldn't get two minutes. Their whole team didn't get inside two minutes. This is uh, the four, fifth rider for Jumbo puts it in there. And I'm most especially, you know, 17 seconds from a Sep Cuss to a, um, to a Nilsson Palace, as an example, who can time trial quite well. I'm very uh, impressed with what Sep did here of only losing two minutes. <laughs> But a 33rd place. So the kid put in some effort. All these guys did. And I think it bodes well for at least Sepp's fitness and what you have coming into the race. Obviously, Tonyson and Tony Martin decided to just kind of pack it in, losing three-plus minutes there themselves. Quebec, 149 to Max. Once again, Max Walshied goes 149. He obviously, he's trying to ride well. He's a big powerhouse. And as we said, we click back here, 157 to Sepkus. That's very impressive to me, once again, for Sepkus. A few teams left here. Pierre Latour, who's riding really well, only loses 114th and 15th place. He's stage one. He was the one kind of in the gap there behind uh, Alaphilippe. So for total direct energy, horrible looking new kit, by the way. Uh, they uh, it, Pierre Latour seems to be coming uh, coming good. Trek Sigafredo had nobody. 147 for Baca Molimer. Nibali was 231. They are got to be stage hunting. And then the winner. Pogacar, zero time to everyone else. 32 minutes flat, it looks like. Uh, Mikhail Berg, his teammate, was in the hot seat for quite some time with 101. And then David Formolo. Brandon McNulty, who you could expect to have put in a good time, loses 655, 170. He might have been dead last. He took a wreck. And I guess he looked uh, pretty beat up when he came across the line. So then we go into today. That's stage five. Now we're going into today. Sprinters are out. It's another sprint day. The only thing I didn't like about stage four, which was Cavendish, was um, uh, Moore, Brandon, uh, Brandon Moore, I think his name, it was off the front for Lotto, and he got caught inside the 1K, and I was like, man, that would have been great. If he ended up, if Cavendish wins a field sprint, but he stays off, that would just burn Lefevre, Lefebvre. I don't know, not a big fan of their uh, DS. 
Stage six, going into Chateau, 144 kilometers. That was today. You had two guys off the front, uh, Greg Van Avermont and Klug, Peter, uh, Kluger, Kluga, and they held everyone off, uh, jockeying back and forth. But this was the site. Chateau was the site of Mark Cavendish's first win, and today he does not disappoint. Getting the win again, uh, Alpeson Phoenix, once again, doing a good lead out for Jasper Philipson. Not sure why he's the guy that they're really pulling for in this case, but he was, and he is. Uh, I still, you know, Miller ended up winning. I'm not sure why you're, you're trying to mix it up. They did a great lead out for him. Uh, Matthew Vanderpoel did a, good, a lot of good work. I will say this. If you look at the tape, you can. You, there, there's an argument or at least a discussion that needs to be had of should Cavendish have been relegated? Probably not. It wasn't egregious. But he does drift pretty hard back and forth from the right to left. Uh, kind of collides in there with uh, Philipson. And Philipson does have to pause his sprinting for a little bit. In the end, you get uh, Mark Cavendish, Philipson, Buhani. Now there's Arnold DeMar coming in at fourth place. Peter Sagan at fifth. Case Bowl, Tim Miller, Wout Venner, Michael Matthews, Pedersen, Sonny Cabrelli down there in 11th. So we got uh, some excitement there. I want to take a look at that stage now. We'll take a look after today and where the GC is, is, is overall. Uh, Vanderpol still in first. But you got Pogacar second at eight seconds. Wout, 30 seconds. Alaphilippe, 48. Lutsenko, 121. Pierre Latour, 128. And then I think you start to see the serious GC guys, which is Iran at 129. Karapaz comes in at ninth place at 144. Roglic, 148 at 10th place. Garrett Thomas, 12th there at 154. Kelderman, 156. Enrique Mass, 158. And Gadu, 235. I mean, Caguita down there at 306. You're just not uh, Richie Port coming in at 358. Once again, he lost a bunch of his time in the first day. So that's been a, a somewhat of a hindrance. And I just concentrate in this area in this 10th place of Roglic at 148. Only thing, hopefully, you're going to be able to have now with the tour, you didn't have this last year, which is. Pogacar in the lead and his team having the demands to lead them and and defend for him. He's obviously there. He's the marked man. He everyone's looking for him. Um, Roglic looks wounded, literally. So there's a little bit of the onus on some of these other teams. You're gonna have to find a place. Is it gonna be a crosswinds like the only place they got Pogacar last year? Is it gonna be in the mountains? Uh, he did not. You know, there was a few stages there. I'm trying to think of the super steep one, like 14, 15, whatever it was there, where it was Lopez getting the win and Roglic coming in close, had a little bit of a gap to uh, Pogacar, but just not enough. Maybe you're going to have that. Maybe he's going to fade a bit, but you have Carapaz who can really throw it out. Enric Moss, who can try. And uh, I mean, Roglic, he's got Vingard up there at least to help. 143 might throw off the scent a bit. Rigoberto Uran is not an attacker. He's kind of a defensive rider. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe Julian Alaphilippe will throw a few wacky things in the books. And if the riders actually sense that he might be riding well, they might have to go after him as well. I don't know. Robert Gessing's out for um, for uh, uh, Jumbo. Um, Ineos looks wounded as well. Uh, but so does... Uh, so does the UAE Emirates with Pogacar losing kind of, I mean, if, if, depending how the guys come through these crashes with um, McNulty being injured as well. So what do we have coming up here in the next few days? Next few days, 
we have tomorrow's Friday. Let's take a look at it. It's uh, 248 kilometers to La Crusette from Vizon. It's got a little, take a, take a share of that here. It's got a decent lumps in it, some threes, 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 fours. And so maybe it's a Michael Matthews or Sonny Cabrelli type of day. It'd be interesting to see what they try to do with this. Uh, even Bahani can get over climbs a little better than Cavendish. So I'll be really interested to see what the guys do of trying to dispel uh, Cavendish and getting him out. He does. Look, Cavs, Cavs a pretty, pretty fortunate guy. He used to ride with Renshaw, probably the best lead-out rider at the time, if not one of the best ever. And then you've now got him with Michael Morkov. And that guy supposedly is the best in the world, they say. Uh, Cavendish definitely says it. And the wins keep coming for him. So, you know, what are you going to expect? Well, you're going to expect good stuff with that. So we have that one tomorrow on Friday, the weekend. Uh, Log Bernard, Grand Bernard, that is going to be some, let's see, let me share this as well. Um, 150 kilometers shorter, but uh, get some cat ones. This will be interesting. We talked about this with Rob Dalto. When you get the finish coming, you know, 20K to the, to the line, the, the top of this last summit, they're going to be racing for that. And then they're going to be, part, you know, throwing themselves down this mountain. That's how Richie Port got hurt, what, stage nine a few years ago. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if the, how the riders uh, handle the kind of descents. But these might be the things you need to throw at a Pogacar to see if you have a chance to uh, dispel him. Now, he's a young rider, so he might have, um, Reverend, you've got balls the size of church bells. That's kind of the, what you might think of him. So, and then Sunday, up to teen, um, cat one finish up there, 5.6, 21 kilometers. It's going to be a long one. So, at least this weekend got a bunch of exciting racing going on and uh, the weekend should get us back into the GC. Look, do you like having the GC riders, you know, going for it on stage one, stage two, stage five already? Um, Kwiatkowski is like, Hey, you know, this is not, this is not really when you get a, a prologue, you get the sprinters out there. It just kind of changes things. I don't know people, this is bike racing. It's been very exciting for us. I think personally, and I know there's complaints about the road. I think you have to have a maybe a separate complete discussion about um, how the, the courses are. I put some blame, like when they're <laughs> stage three, had this coming down to the last bit and whether or not uh, weather W E A T H E R not W H E T H the weather itself was, you know, can be an issue, but it wasn't necessarily that day. And the riders, they, they, they don't go slow. They, they want to push. Okay. So when you're, when they're complaining about the route, you could, you know, just say, hey, we're not going to do it. But one person does that. Next thing you know, uh, Lopez goes sailing off and hits a sign. Then then you slow down, right? Other than that, you're not going to. So uh, the riders can say, oh, you know, we don't want these kind of uh, routes. But, yet, you know, they'll race them. And you can't help that. And I don't know if it's any different than it was before. It's just that we have coverage from start to finish. There was, uh, you watch races. Um, Abdushaparov, a sprinter. I think he, I'm trying to remember who it was, him or some other ones that hit a, a policeman that's standing inside the barriers. I mean, we've had horrible crashes. Guys didn't wear helmets back then. At least they're wearing helmets. I don't know. I'm I'm not a fan. Like I said, things do these things, not at the tour, but before. Figure it out. Maybe we'll have. Um, and then we have a rest day on Monday. And then we go, uh, once again, we're going to go. Uh, Wednesday is when we scale Mont Ventoux two times. So that should be funny. Funny? Did I say funny? Should be fun everybody well that's what we have today between two wheels podcast i think this is 241 episodes uh i'm busy as you can tell suit and tie thought i'd pop off with a quick one here while i'm in the office 
Although I'm heading home now. It's Thursday afternoon. What is it? The first of July. Rabbit, rabbit. Do we say that anymore? July 1st. I hope you have a good 4th of July. Uh, go out there, throw out some fireworks. Um, go get those ones from certain places that sell them, I guess. Other than that, I uh, hope you get to ride. You know, Leesville's coming up with local people. Uh, Kurt, Kurt Mills told me he had a message and he said, Facebook group, see here, Facebook group said the best way to find more about the event is to go to Google, precisely type in the following site, appeal-democrat.com, Leesville Gap Road Base. I think it comes up with him. That's a, that's a disturbing thought. Have your, your buddy Kurt, he won that race a while ago. Enjoy, everybody. Let me know who your favorites are and if you're thrilled about Cavendish winning or not. Take care.